Well, welcome back to another episode of The Miles Driven with lead host Sam. And today I am joined by... Secondary host Miles with his sore throat. Ah, that's rubbish. That's not a job, is it? Well, I mean... There's no, there's no foreign language. There's no, there's no second job. This is awful, co-host. You can't, you can't just randomly decide that you're going to start again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know, any... you've gone with secondary host, and that's what it is today. Right, what does okay. a secondary host provide to the business? Not, not much. No. no. <laughs> well, I feel that's a dig at me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you worry, mate. I, I've been thinking of that one. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about things that Mars wants to talk about. So I'll pass it over to you. Uh, it's Volvo and Jaguar Land Rover. Oh, okay. Which one would you like to berate first? <laughs> We all know that when you say you want to talk about something, it means you're going to berate someone. Which one would you like to pick first? I think maybe Volvo. Okay. Is yeah. Volvo a happy story? I'm guessing not. It's just a bit of an odd one. They, they've made, they, they've said they made their new car, which is the XC30, which is like the small crossover SUV size vehicle. So, so you've got XC90 at the top, yeah. XC60 one step below. Then you've got an XC40, I believe. I think it is XC40, and then it's the sort of boxy square one. Yeah, yeah. XC30 still boxy, but it's more Audi Q3, BMW oh, okay. X1, that sort of right, okay. market. If that helps for people trying to visualise it, they are saying that the concept and the creation of that vehicle has been for the subscription model. Oh wow! So the thing for me is. If I was to design something brand new uh, for customers, yeah, yeah, as a company, mm-hmm. and I knew that I was designing it for the subscription platform only, yeah, I don't need any longevity to its quality. No, exactly. Yeah, this that's is... what that's the statement I'm making. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't need any longevity to it. Um, I don't need it to be particularly enjoyable because you can just get out of it and get a different subscription yeah. to a different thing. And it, to me, follows the, the the most basic problem is the reason that your Amazon and your Netflix, uh, <laughs> I'll make that very clear. Yeah, very, very clear. But who watches them most? <laughs> yeah. But the reason they work and the reason you pay for them each month mm-hmm. is because the deal is you subscribe to our service. Yeah. Okay. And then in return, we will provide you with something okay, yeah. that changes. Yeah, to so keep for, you subscribed. Yeah, for example, yeah. if you sit there and you said, I want to watch, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, of what's a really popular show? The Crown is really popular on mm-hmm. Netflix, what's a, and The Grand Tour is really popular Clarkson's on... Clarkson's Farm. Clarkson's Farm is really things, popular yeah. on Amazon. So we, we're going to offer you these, mm-hmm. but we know that they can't be on every single week in perpetuity, because, you know, yeah. we have to film more of them. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to bring in other shows so that you can continue to enjoy them um, and yeah. continue to enjoy our service in between the bits that you really want. Okay, yeah, yeah. How do you... How does that translate to a car? It doesn't. Because uh, my, my, my concern is that when the people hand back the car, then what happens? Are there people subscribing to... like? It's like subscribing to Netflix. So what you'd be doing is you should be subscribing to... Let's take the Amazon Prime as the example, mm. and you're subscribing for Clarkson's Farm. Mm. But because somebody else subscribed first, you get to watch halfway through series one, but you don't get to see the first few episodes yeah. of season one, and they don't get to see the conclusion of series <laughs> one because they've decided that for whatever reason they didn't like one episode, so they've decided we're going to go and watch the Grand Tour instead. Yeah, I mean, so if... is somebody going to be subscribing to a half-used car, or are they just going to yeah. sell these off? 
No, no. I mean, it's not like they're just going to keep pumping out a new cut. So you say, oh, I want to get a new subscription. Yeah. And they send you a brand new one every time. You may get a brand new one. But it, I, from my understanding of it, and I can't really understand any rebuttal that any of these companies could have because I don't, there's, there's no way as far as I see it no. possible that they could do anything different. They can't produce a brand new car every time someone says, I want to subscribe for three months. Yeah? No, they just that's, can't. Not, that's, that's not a survivable business <laughs> model at all. <laughs> no. So they, what they do is they usually have a guarantee of it will be below two years old. Okay. Or less than two years old with below, let's say, 25 or 30,000 miles. Right. Okay. The problem with that is, have you ever had a rental car, Sam? I have. Have you? Yeah, and I assume that knowing that you were not going to keep this car very mm-hmm. long, you polished it, waxed it, checked the oil on it, yeah. and did all of the critical checks and treated it as if it was something that you were valued and going to keep for a long period of time. Do you know what? I really didn't. No. <laughs> Shocking, that, isn't it? <laughs> um, the problem with anything that you subscribe to, let's say, use mobile phones. Yeah. So I know that technically it's not a subscription service, but if you have a contract for two years yeah. and you know, you know that contract will end, you get a new phone. How are you going to treat that phone for the next two years? You'd, I, I imagine you treat it carefully for the first 18 months and for yeah. the last six months you wouldn't care if you dropped it off no. the top floor of your 18-storey balcony. And, and if you did drop it, say, 14 months in and yeah. had a cracked screen, would you go and repair it? No. So... The, the problem with subscription models for cars for me is that this is a high value, high cost, highly uh, in, energy intensive mm-hmm. vehicle to produce, well, item to produce, as to say. To make it almost disposable like that, I, I almost find it insulting to the whole of their process of we're trying to be more environmentally friendly and blah, blah, blah. You're basically saying we want to make our cars throwaway. Yeah, which and I is know, insane. Look, I know these cars won't be thrown away after two years. They'll be sold on the used market. But do I, I actually did sell used cars, and some of them came from uh, rental car companies. Mm-hmm. Now, those rental car companies never registered the car's name in the business name they traded in. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so we kn- we learned it as salesmen which ones they were. You, yeah. could, I mean... You could tell a mile off. Yeah. But, for example, we used to get, I, remember, I think it was Avis. Okay. Where there was a contract. The company I worked for, they used to get like three-year-old cars, two-year-old cars, four-year-old cars. That was what they would yeah. get. They would sell them to onto, you know, used cars. Unsuspecting <laughs> members yeah. of the public. But uh, if the logbook said Avis rent-a-car as yeah. the first owner, because, of course, they were business owners. Right, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, no one's going to want to buy it. No, yeah. because you know it's had 400 previous drivers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so what they would do is they would they would own a sh- uh, like a shell company, not a shell company, but they would own a vehicle management company. Okay. That's called, you know, something... John Clark. Yeah, just, just something that's not offensive in any way. You know, Triangle uh, Finance Corp. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you yeah. think, oh, you know, well, Ooh, that's yeah. a... But really, it's been driven by 400 people. Yeah, because if you look at that, you think, well, maybe it was a um, a company car. Yeah, at least. So it was owned by one yeah. person well, for... Company director. A few years. Yeah. yeah. And the the biggest... <laughs> I mean, they were obvious to us salesmen because we would see them before they went in for their uh, prep. Right. And 
the difference between how a rental car arrived and how a genuine lease arrived, people who know their lease are coming up, they do start to be a bit neglected. With, yeah, but of they, course. But it's they it's still, only natural, isn't it? Yeah, but they still need the car to work and operate, yeah. and it's still their vehicle, and they've probably grown a little bit of an attachment to it. Cars that have been driven one day by some people, two weeks by another, and have been driven jolly well. <laughs> As shown in a quite famous TV program. Yes. <laughs> uh, with the service history, which is Barry out the back with an oil can. Yeah. Uh, these are not great used purchases. So if you're going into a Volvo dealer saying, oh, I'm looking for a two-year-old vehicle. <laughs> What they're basically saying with a subscription model is, well, we've got one here. It's had nine different drivers. Um, <laughs> all of them, of course, cared for it. Now, they'll, they'll, their argument would be is, well, we get it back every three months or two months or six months. We do a full going through. It's yeah, a metric. They? They'll do a full checkover. No, they do. They'll do a full checkover. I don't, I don't deny that at all. Yeah. But I, are they actually going to do anything apart from look at the car and go, oh, this is no, broken. They do a right, move it on. Yeah. <laughs> visual inspect. I mean, I think... It, what's funny is when you uh, work in automotive track, like the automotive trade, the front of the automotive trade is always, you know, white walled bright lights, yes, uh, coffee machines that are yeah. very fancy, marble floors. And what's hilarious is I can only describe it as if you were in a five star hotel and walked out the wrong exit. So there's the exit to the front street, which is the high street, yeah. which is all glitzy. Yeah. And then there's the back alley. Yeah, where they get the deliveries. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, Sam, you worked in hotels. <laughs> yeah. You know the difference between what the customer You used to pick says. me up from the back door. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so what you see there, compared to what you see at the front, very different. Very, and very different. On the back end, look, mechanics who, who work very very hard, they, they earn their living. Valitors that are underpaid a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, rush to do 100 cars a day. Their inspection... Uh, is a service wash where they get a broom out. Yep. Uh, rub it all over the car so it's nicely scratched. <laughs> uh, and I'm, not, I'm not having a go at the Valitors, by the way. They got five minutes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're minutes set max. unrealistic targets yeah. and given unrealistic items to use. And if a car comes in and it's pretty clean, then it, okay, it will probably be okay to get a quick 10-minute watch. When it comes in from essentially, I mean, I used to see the service car when it came back. From say a three-day loner yeah. because someone's car had mm -hmm. died on the ramp and they needed it. It was usually in the condition of. Have you ever seen a campsite after like <laughs> Glastonbury? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you know someone just didn't care. They knew they were going to give it back. Yeah. Not, not everyone is like that, but it's a, it's a little bit like, in terms of caring for things. You imagine homeowners. You're selling your house. And you've got, for example, let's take a, a newer sort of house. So you've got settling cracks that you haven't really done anything with because you're not too fussed. There's yeah. a settling crack along the top of your wall in the stairs. You know, you sometimes yeah. you have this, the roof in the st in the stairway is sometimes what 15, 20 feet yeah. from the bottom of the stairs to the top. You see, there's a settling crack, and as you know, the 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 bottom of the floorboards have come up a little bit, and whatever. What are you going to do? do you, are you going to get a ladder, get some filler, chase it out, fill it in, sand it, paint it? Or are you going to run a paintbrush with some white paint across the top and hope the paint covers and it hope, while yeah. the viewing's going on? Also known as the used car sale thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, the way people own things, the point I'm trying to make is that people do it in every aspect of life. They do. 
Some so people whether are very it's homes, yeah. cars, rental bikes. Yeah, rental, rental yeah. apartments, rental houses. Yeah. You know, how do people treat those versus one they own Once themselves? you know that you're going to get your security deposit back for like a rental home, you yeah. just cover up anything that you've done wrong. I, I think, and uh, you know, look, I'm not saying everyone, by the way, because I know some people, they take pride, they are respectful. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that everybody no. wouldn't like, do the, house, well, the home properly and stuff. Ultimately, but. if you are saying people this is a general like this isn't yours it's going to be shared unfortunately generally speaking we don't treat things as a society that are shared among all of us as nicely as we do when we have some skin in the game no exactly so you know like a gym Mm -hmm. you go to a gym no one owns anything there they pay a subscription every month they know they can go to a different gym at any time. Yeah. So they're slamming the weights and, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I really don't. I, uh, you love it, Sam. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it when people <laughs> are doing deadlifting and they're just throwing <laughs> 100 kilos back yeah. onto the floor. But then you, if you own the gym, like say if you bought a load mm-hmm. of stuff, converted your garage or something like that. Now, you mean what you want me to do so you don't yes, have to go to the gym yes. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did that and you looked at how that person then treated the things they have now of course the things would get used less anyway because yeah of yeah. course they would but yeah. that person's if they've had to spend 500 pounds on some brand new weight plates and they've come all nicely delivered and they think you know what i really don't want to spend another 500 pounds anytime <laughs> soon i will take good care of the ones i have yes the same with a car you know if you, if you buy a car outright you know you walk into the dealer not the most expensive thing in the world Oh, sorry, Sam, I've got a picture of this XC30 up for you, so you can have a quick look. I don't know if you can get an yeah, angle can, on that. Yeah, I can see yeah. it, yeah. It's quite a nice-looking car. Yeah, it is. The, they're saying that this the will... the XC30 quite similar to the XC40, then? Yeah. I'm I... trying to work out what my neighbours have got, because it looks quite similar to They've that. They've probably got an XC40, because yeah. what they're saying, this car will basically be a attempt for them to pull in younger drivers. Right, okay. Um, And uh, what, I find, what I find annoying about that is there's a great way to pull in young drivers. What you do is... You offer a cheap vehicle. Yeah. yeah th- this is a well-known model. BMW, for years, they sold the 3 Series, the 5 Series, the 7 Series, and then they went, we sell a 1 Series. Yeah. Cheaper. Yeah. Didn't okay. stay cheap for very long. But this <laughs> woman got so popular with young yeah. people, they put the price up. <laughs> but what happened? Young people who previously could not afford to buy a brand new BMW. But wanted one wanted the badge yeah you know maybe they weren't so bothered about what engine it had and everything else but mm-hmm. they they really wanted to own a bmw walked into the dealer and they said well we sell the one series which is oh do you yeah Ooh. and it's actually in your budget yeah boom sale done and you know what that person's now in the bmw ownership group yeah and then so they might consider going up to a three series or exactly a that or that's how you get and this is <laughs> i mean volkswagen is the probably the best example in the world of this mm. Okay, well, we should offer a car that you can buy for ten or twelve thousand pounds, then one that you can buy for sixteen thousand pounds, then one that you buy in the twenties, then the thirties, and, yeah. and then by the time you're in your say, you know, mid thirties and you need to buy a family vehicle, we offer some big cars and some SUVs, so you can just stay in our group. Yeah, this, this is a well, but this model Mazda, I'd say, are quite good as well now. Mazda, brilliant for it. Yeah, Mazda two, relatively good price. It's not the cheapest small no. car, but People turn up to the showroom, get I think a deal. The value for quality is very good with Mazda. Yeah, it is. And if you've owned one and it, and you you don't own the one that Sam's wife owns. Yeah, it's, <laughs> she genuinely got such a Friday afternoon one. She got the one that they built. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you, you don't have a problem with it. 
and then it comes up time to change. We'll be getting the CX60. You, you wander into the Mazda dealer and you go, what have you got? You know, this is my circumstance today. And they go, well, you can go for the three. That would be the natural step up. Mm -hmm. and you go, oh, I need something a little bit, a little bit bigger than that. So they go, okay, well, and, and th that's the salesman's job. Now, in this model, what you're saying is we're going to, uh, it'll be, you know, if it's a subscription, I bet it's 500 quid a month. Oh, I, I mean, I just bet. I know that they'll say, oh, we could probably get it less than that. Can you? You know, it's going to cost you X amount to build the car, all this sort of stuff. Even if it's 350 a month for no ownership. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's the no ownership thing. Yeah, like you, you've got 350 a month. And I know a lot of people say this about leases. They'll go, oh, you lease a car, you're just renting it. You know, like yeah. as in the money's gone. It is, but on the flip side, the difference with a subscription is that's your lease car. Yeah. So you get the one you want out the door, mm -hmm. new, and then you get to, you know, drive it and keep it. This is like you, you, they're trying to give you that experience over and over again, but they can't guarantee it because you just couldn't give someone a new car every three months or six months. No, of course you couldn't, which is why the, the other model works so well. You buy a new car, you keep it for the three years, and then you give it back. They sell it because yep. you've looked after it for three years, yep. and you've probably got a pay. You've probably got a service plan with them as well. Yeah. So you get it serviced. That's another there. thing. And then you'll get a brand new model because they'll always do a facelift or a new model within three years. Usually, there'll be some sort of facelift or change. So, for example, let's go with the Tiguan. You've bought a brand new Tiguan. They facelifted it. So you say, "Yeah, I'll get another Tiguan." So then you you roll it over. You've got a brand new car again. Three years in. What VW aren't going to do is say, right, you bought a brand new Tiguan three months ago. You'd like a new one? No. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not going to give you one, are they? No, they're not. Sorry, sir, I've just put up a picture of an XC40 for you so you can see yes, that. Yes, that's what our neighbours have. Do you, know how do you know what's really funny? Just quickly touching on what you talked about a minute ago about Volvo wanting to pull in younger people. Mm. Because our neighbours have got this car. They've got it in blue. It's really nice. They've got quite a good spec one. Mm. And I've always said to Kat when she was looking at, Obviously, we've talked over the years about what car she's going to get next for when we have kids and all this yep. sort of stuff. And I've said to her, look, the neighbour's car's nice, isn't it? She's like, yeah, it's nice, yeah. Just like sort of offhand comments. So mm -hmm. I'll point it out as we go past. But, oh, that's nice. And I said to her the other day, what about a, and a Volvo XC40? She's like, mm. oh, I'm not buying a Volvo. That's for old people. <laughs> like, all Volvos are just old and beige. I said, but the next door neighbours have got, oh, is that a Volvo? I said, yeah. Yes. She said, but it's a Volvo. So her, her opinion immediately changed Yeah. on it. And that's how you get people into your showroom. Yeah. Is you, you basically, you, you fool them. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, look at this new car. Oh, that's really nice. But the thing oh, is, if she got in it, I think she'd like it. This was exactly what Skoda did. Yes. 20 years ago, if you said, do you want to buy a Skoda? Oh, I don't want to buy a Skoda, a Skoda badge. Yeah. So they went, okay, do you want to buy this car? And they made something that looked quite good. They went, I quite look that. What is it? That's a Skoda. Oh, I don't want that. Do you know, <laughs> we did this on our recent video um, where we tried to get the mile for going out of the range. Oh, yeah. We drove past the Dacia. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. Both and of us stopped. And you went, is that the new one? I think, yeah, yeah. that's the new style. I think I said, oh, they were really upping their style game. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and again, if you saw it, you'd be like, that looks like quite a good vehicle. What's that? That's that cheap Romanian brand. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the one that you thought, oh, I'm not buying one of those. And now you've looked at it again. And you know what? This has happened to Kia. Happens at home yeah. day when they first come in. Well, there's still the thing. We've got uh, one of our very loyal listeners has said this yeah. exact thing to me about Hyundai. Oh, well, I'm not buying a Hyundai. It's a Hyundai, isn't it? I'm like, 
Yeah, but you, you need to go and look at them. It's like yeah. Mazda have got a similar thing as well. Yeah, they have. The, and when I sold, um, I sold used Hyundais in 2008. They were about 2005, 2004. Mm-hmm. They were horrific. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, when someone would come in and I would go to the the sort of pen where the sales um, managers would sit and I'd be like, they're looking for this, 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 and they go, oh, we got that Hyundai so-and-so down there. No. <laughs> I would dread, like, I'd go and get it, yeah, bring it up, see the look of curious despair yep. on the people's face that I'm bringing it up to, show them it, they'd say, this looks terrible, how much is it? Say that it's very, very cheap. Yeah. And then they would say, I would rather spend more money on something else. Yes, exactly. But now, in, in about a 10-year window, they went from that to, God, this is all right, isn't it? This, yeah. is, this is up there. And they started to, you know, chuck out the warranties and stuff like that that made people say, you know what? You got my business. Yeah. Now, what Volvo are doing here, look, <laughs> the great, th- the, way, the way I'd sell a new Volvo to people, if I was still selling cars... I'd be like, who's going to come and buy a Volvo who's young? Probably someone who's either buying with their parents. as like It's a first car, they're yeah. early 20s, late teens. Or someone who's lost. <laughs> or, well, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah, well, it probably is, yeah. But if I was trying to think of a young person who would be buying, probably the, um, they would probably be buying the, oh, what was the, the C30 they used to sell, hatchback. Oh yeah, the thing that you like. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know what you'd sell them on, safe, really True. safe. This is or someone who's got kids young, because they young might not kid. want a four by four. Really safe. I, I said to uh, my wife when we have a family that um, Volvo XC90, that's the car. Yeah, that's the car. Do you know why? You've got a Range Rover outside. For me, but I'm yeah. talking about her car. Oh right, you're gonna have two. What not SUVs? Cars? Yeah, you're gonna have two SUVs. Uh, I think you're I... killing the planet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get an electric one so that I do more damage or less damage. <laughs> more damage. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I saw a video of a Volvo, and this is what it baffles me some with some car companies. There was a great video done, and it was a Sam. What are those um, girders they put in buildings to hold RSJs? Up? RSJ. It's an RSJ coming off the back of a lot. So they, it's a test mm-hmm. that Volvo did. So it's come off the back. And they've sort of propelled it as if it had come off the back of a lorry. Yeah. But in a test environment, so it sort of gets fired. Okay. Yeah. Hits the vehicle, and it hits it at the join between the top of the windscreen and the roof. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, uh, not to get too morbid about it, if Death that goes territory. in, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's going to hit you straight in the head. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they compared it to a pickup truck. I won't say the brand and everything because I think that's unfair because they've taken the front off the pickup truck very deliberately to not show the brand. Yeah. I think I know which one it was and it was a very, very popular US pickup truck. But I'm, I won't go into the exact one just in case. Yeah, yeah. In that vehicle, it ripped the roof off and took the front seat headrest out. Wow. Okay, so that person Continued travelling and stopped about halfway along the rear passenger area. Okay, so, so the, possibly the driver out, and child are dead. Po- possibly took out the back, definitely driver's gone. Mm-hmm. Volvo fires it, it makes a dent of about two inches. No way. Yeah. Stops. Wow, that's insane. Like, but you see the amount, you see the shudder of the metalwork. Oh, as wow, it, really? As it takes all the energy and fires what it. What they made it out of? It's, it's just that engineering Krypton. thing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to the, tr- uh, the reason they wanted to do it against the truck because a truck has a frame yeah 
they the strength isn't put into the roof because that you've got all the strength in the frame because mm -hmm. most people buying a truck need frame strength yeah. to put up load and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So they deliberately picked something that would have, you know, the widest margin. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that all new pickup trucks would be like that. I'm sure there's a lot of new safety stuff. But when I saw that and I thought, very low chance that anything, particularly of that hefty, would ever hit a vehicle there. Yeah, of course. However, if it did... The only manufacturer <laughs> I know that's testing... Mm. <laughs> Volvo. Mm -hmm. So that would be my step on it. No, I wouldn't, you know, I'd just try and sell them at a reasonable price and get people into the brand. You know, your wife, if, if you showed her a Volvo that looked quite cool as a hatchback or a small SUV that was in her budget, yeah, you know, relatively good price, and she's like, oh, that looks quite cool. And then you were like, you could afford one. It's a Volvo. Yeah. Probably her perception of the brand would change. And then you'd say, also, you know, real safety. I mean... Yeah, you've not got to worry at all. No, because you can say in a lot of people's... A lot of people are a bit overconfident in their own driving skill. But aside from that, cars are generally built to take impact front and rear. Yeah? Uh -huh. That's the 100%. sort of standard. But what I like with Volvo is they're kind of saying, what about if someone T-bones you? Yeah. What about if a piece of metal is flying through the We're covering all time? bases. Yeah. So, you know, if you're looking at it from a family vehicle, I like that. And I just think, are you going down the right route by then saying to those people, hey, we've got this two-year-old one here. We've had to cover in all the chips and the marks and the scratches and the dents and the tears <laughs> because it was just someone's loner. And, you know... It's not a good way to go, is it? Cars shouldn't be think. disposable. No. Ever, ever, ever. Like, I will stand by that for a long period of time until someone can show me otherwise yeah also it's just the amount of damage you'd be doing to the environment by chucking them away this is the thing and these are all battery vehicles so i know yeah there'll be some recycling of batteries and stuff but you have to create them in the first place definitely now volvo themselves have said 30 to seventy thousand miles until you're at zero for the emissions in creation right okay compared to a petrol mm -hmm. yeah a subscription model making it easier for people to just jump in something new. It just doesn't... I don't like it. It stinks for me. Yeah, you know. And, and also, if you want that, rental car companies. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've existed for a long time and they still do it. And if All you, someone's got to do is set up a rental car company where it doesn't cost the earth to rent a car. And, and generally, they'll be onto a winner. if you called up... I think, actually, your mother had to do this for a while. She had to do some long-term rental. Yeah. Either for a company or whatever. Yeah. Generally, if you call up a rental car company and say, look, I need it for two months, or whatever they'll do you a deal they'll, they? yeah they'll do a long-term deal because it's it's a guaranteed rental for them mm -hmm. so they are willing to take a knock on the daily rate because they know that car's out you know 100 percent. they could make more if they knocked it out you know three days a week to a higher price but you don't know that it's going to go out you don't know it's going to and you don't know you're going to get the business next week so um next bit of car news which is the thing is that you needed this podcast to be a quite short and b heavy on me talking. Yes. But the thing is, you've got two things that you want to talk about. I know, and I'm <laughs> I'm tearing my voice apart for you listeners. So I hope you appreciate this one. Uh, you can do a little bit of this, Sam, because the JLR Group. Yes. What does it stand for, Sam? Jaguar and Land Rover. Right. Okay. And if you so were that's to, two brands, two brands. Yes. I'd and if you so. were to walk into a JLR showroom yep. today. How many brands do you think you would see there? I would see yep. a Land Rover yes. with their various things, Defender, Discovery, Sport, Discovery. Then I would see 
Range Rover, which is also Land Rover. It's a Land Rover, Range yeah. Rover, Sport. They probably just put them in the same area in yeah. the corner, yeah. And then I would also see Jaguar, yeah. who make Jaguar cars. Yeah. So I don't know why this is a discussion topic, Mars, because they have two brands, and they have subdivisions of obviously these brands, but so does every car maker. Well, big news for you, Sam. Okay. Big news that I'm going to like? No. Oh. Well, I don't know. You might like it. This is terrible, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of 2024, Jaguar Land Rover... If you walk into one of their dealers, will mm -hmm. become four brands. Brilliant. So will, will they have the same showroom? Same showroom. Okay. You walk in and then there'll be like mini... Who are you here to see, sir? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so unlike now, and I, I've heard other people say this, the, the craziest thing for me is we all know that Jaguar are in some financial stress. Yes. Jaguar themselves. And unfortunately, as Land Rover are... Sort of doing going up and well. up and up and yeah, up. Yeah, Jaguar is struggling. They're going down and down and down. <laughs> so what I would do is I'd stick a Jaguar at the front of every showroom yeah. of Land Rover. So when you walk in... That's the first thing you see. You have to see a Jaguar. I'd so stick an F-Pace, the top spec F-Pace and the yeah. top spec F-Type. Yeah, just right there. Yeah. Like right the, the right in your face. Yeah. But better plan. End of 2024, they're going to become four brands. Okay. Let me try and work this in out. In the showroom. So you go to the single, still go to a single showroom. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have Jaguars in one section. Yep. We'll have Range Rovers in their own section. Yep, very good. I can I can understand if Range Rover want to become their own brand. That's they've got not... four vehicles now yeah, in there. Yeah, I can understand that. And then you'll have Land Rover. So unless they're buying another <laughs> brand, there isn't another way to go. Because you'll have the Land Rover where you'll have the... I'll probably miss one, but just bear with me. Discovery, Discovery Sport, and the Defender. So that's what you'll have there. Then you have good. the Range Rover where you'll have the Velar, the Vogue... Evoke, sorry, uh, the Sport and the Range Rover, and then you'll have Jaguar that have all their their cars. Yeah, there's no there are there isn't another brand. Well, they have marketing. <laughs> you can go and buy a car from marketing if you'd like. So they're going to split. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> this is an odd one for me. Land Rover are going to be split. So in this mod, in this dealer, you walk into this dealer. Yeah, and you're really right. You know they have Jaguars in one corner, so there'll be a little area for Jaguars. Yeah, and there'll be another little area for Range Rovers, which is bizarre for me because. Honestly, I wouldn't put all Range Rovers in the same. Bracket. No, I wouldn't because it would look stupid. No, because you've got a hundred and fifty thousand on the top end, thirty-two thousand on the bottom end, and also an Evoke next to a Range Rover would look it's stupid. Just, it's just, it's just not a sense. Like I, I think the Evoke would be better off sat with the Land Rovers because you're giving people aspiration of. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm looking at Land Rovers. This is the entry into Range Rover ownership. And, yeah, you know, definitely. People can have their opinions on whether it's proper and all that sort of stuff but at the end of the day that's it where's the badge we're not having commentary mm -hmm. on you know right well it won't be it will be jaguar defender well defender are going to be their own company yep. so there's going to be what <laughs> they're going to be subdivisions of defender now yep discovery <laughs> right <laughs> and range rover that's idiotic what, what so, so the, what's the point in having land rover anymore so <laughs> you might as well just rebrand and have range rover then a company called Discovery and a company called Defender. There's, a, I'm, I really like the JLR brand. And I don't, but I we oh, have so to be I. fair. We have to be fair. And if people need a knock, they need a bit of a knock. So we're going to give them a bit of a knock on this one. If I walked in mm -hmm. to a Jaguar Land Rover dealer, what I would, I'd be confused first off because, like yeah. you say, I'd be like, hold on, what? Oh, I kind, I kind of get it. You've put the the Defenders because there's three Defenders. A yeah, 90, yeah. a 110, and a 130. But ultimately, they are the same car, just 
Well, of course they are. It's like walking into a Mercedes van centre and saying, oh, hi, we've got the Sprinter. They're, oh, but we have 15 different Sprinters. Like, no, you don't. You have a Sprinter. And it's got different... Loads of variations to it, yeah. What's that saying? 320i, you can have it in saloon or estate. Yeah. Well, it's now the same car. Yeah. <laughs> when you sit in the driver's seat yeah. of all of those vehicles, it's the same. Yeah. So it looks the same from the front. The So what they're going to do, yeah, they're going to split these off into four sections, which I don't really like. I don't like the... What I like about my old Range Rover, I don't see it differently to a Land Rover. No. I like the fact that it's in... You know, if I saw a Land Rover, if I saw a Discovery 4 or something driving down the road, and I can just sort of give him a quick wave. Yeah. And he doesn't think... <laughs> like the loser that you are. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but Or a Defender. And what I'm saying is, oh, I'm an enthusiast of the brand. Yes. When I know that mine's called Ranger or yours is called Land Rover, but we know we're, we know we're in the same club. Well, you've all got yeah. the same badge. Well, the same emblem. There is the same yes. emblem somewhere on your car. Yeah. Whereas on the new ones, like Range Rover, it's just... Are they going to get rid of the Land Rover badge? Yeah, yeah, they're going to have a Range Rover badge. So obviously it says Range Rover anyway, but are they going to, do you reckon they'll come up with a badge? Yeah, yeah. And I think they'll just it will just be the Land Rover style, but it will say Range Rover. <laughs> I mean, I can't understand how you do it any different. The, but by far and away, then the oddest part of this is... Sorry, everyone, I'm having to save my voice a little bit. By far and away, the oddest part is that when you go into that showroom, um, that salesman that is selling you a car between the value of thirty thousand pounds and one hundred and fifty thousand pounds is an agent oh like some sort of spy movie yes <laughs> they are going to get rid of the d the current dealer models the current dealer model in case you don't know I'm sure you do but in case you don't you go to um let's just say nottingham land Ro jlr mm -hmm. that dealer you go to northampton JLR, and then you go to Croydon. Yeah. JLR. So there's three dealers, yeah? Okay. And they could all be owned by different groups. Yeah. So if you form a relationship with one, let's say you bought your, uh, you bought a Freelander from the Nottingham one. Yeah. Five years, uh, ten years ago. Well, they, they would be very keen to get you to come back to that dealer. They would, yeah. yeah. Because they're their own dealer. Mm-hmm. They're not affiliated with the Northampton one, for example. They both sell the same products. Yeah. But, and, of course, you can get them serviced everywhere. That's the whole point of a dealer model. But the actual ownership is different. And so the incentive is constant competition. How do I get you to come back here? Yeah. Better service. Yeah. Better, you know, quicker service, more efficient, treating you nicely, making sure you employ the absolute best people, giving them very good salaries to make sure that they're, you know, everything else. What Land Rover wants to do is they want to take all that away so that you will be purchasing your car. When you walk into the dealer, you'll be purchasing from Jaguar Land Rover directly. Okay. And what you'll be in is like an agent. So it's a bit like um travel agent. Yeah. Because that model worked really well, didn't it? Yeah. Hang on. How many travel agents are there around, Sam? Do you know what? The high street is littered with them. Littered. It's usually littered. betting shop, bookshop, Travel agent. Yep. Betting shop, bookshop, travel agent. It, it's just constant. With a casino it? in the middle yeah, somewhere. <laughs> or a McDonald's. It, it's an it's a system that just to me doesn't work. I know what Jaguar Land Rover is saying. They're saying, well, we want to keep the management of the relationship with our customers. Mm. I don't think you do. It's like they're trying to be the matrix. They'll have like Agent Smith <laughs> yes. on their badge. Because 
what I think they underestimate, and I, I'm, I'm, t I'm half tempted to say they haven't underestimated it, but because they must have people that work at the head office that have worked in dealers, they just must do. They must have a great yeah, awareness. You know, when I worked at dealers, you would have people from the head office come in and talk to you. So they, they must be a awareness of this. But if you are dealing with, so there's three things you're dealing with a a, a dealership: a sale. A service, yeah. a complaint. Yeah, you know, if you want, you can pick out loads of other categories, but they broadly fall under those three things. Yeah, and most dealers separate themselves with how they deal with the third thing. Okay, because yeah. if you want, you know, if one dealer's just got the you want the grey uh, Land Rover Discovery with black wheels and a tan interior. Yeah, and there's one in the country. Well, you're buying from that dealer. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if they've got the worst salesman on earth who doesn't know how to fill out the sales thing. <laughs> you are buying that car from that dealer. Yeah. yeah. Service. Ultimately, if your nearest dealership is 400 miles away, it won't be. But if it is, and one's two miles away, you're gonna you go need to an oil change, <laughs> you're going to go to the one that's closest <laughs> to you. So what separates them all is how they deal with the complaints or the customer service aspect of things yeah. you know starting my car this morning i've got a warning light or uh hi you know it's miles from the dealer you've had the car six months i just want to check if everything's going well mm -hmm. you know just we like to keep uh keep up to date with you how's the family how's this and that we spoke you know you, when we spoke you said you were going on holiday how's the holiday yeah just little things that keep that relationship up i can't maybe the head office will do that but i doubt it I doubt it. And, and who wants a close relationship with what is essentially a big corporation? No one. Because they don't care about you. No, you want a relationship with Tim, who sold you a car. Yes, definitely. And as much as you know it's part of a bigger thing, and Tim probably wouldn't be calling you if he, was at the, he wasn't at the dealer. But Tim will, Tim will make an effort for you. Because he, he wants the sale. And, yeah. And when yeah. you go back and you say, Tim, you know, really wanting one of those new defenders, and he says, oh... They're so hard to get hold of, you know, such high demand. Mm. But let me see what I can. Let do. me see what I can, you know. <laughs> look, you bought two cars from me. You're my priority today. Now, whether that is the truth, whether that isn't, whatever. The fact of the matter is that most likely he wants to make a sale, or oh, yeah. she, you know, mm -hmm. depending on who, whoever you're dealing with in the sales, they want to sell you something because they get paid yeah <laughs> that's how, how they much they money. sell but it doesn't mean that they don't care no because no, they no. will they will gen some people will genuinely care so the problem is that if you're an agent and you get paid a flat fee yeah you're, you're not bothering are you when i sold uh used um cars one of my first sort of jobs at a big car uh used site mm -hmm. we got paid a flat fee oh wow okay so it didn't matter whether we sold one a seven series BMW, oh okay yeah i'm with you or a volkswagen up okay you've got the same it was like bonnet money yes yeah so uh it just went up a scale so you get x amount if you sold between one to ten cars ten to twenty cars that you know onwards and onwards but it didn't matter even though you knew you know if you sold a sayat ibiza mm -hmm. with 500 pounds profit versus selling the new or a Bentley with five thousand okay. pounds profit. Yeah. You knew that you know it wasn't great for you as a salesman. 
but they did that at the time in use to try and make us just sell whatever was there. Yeah. Which was a bit pointless because we had a lot of cars, but that's that was their model. But if you're doing that with new cars, it doesn't matter doesn't if you work. sell an Evoke or doesn't work. A, a full Big Daddy Range Rover. Yeah. It doesn't. Not if you're interested in making profit off selling the sort of the juicy end of the market. Mm. And, I, and I say that because someone walks into a Land Rover dealer today. Okay, and they meet a, a salesman who's uh, one deal off getting a, a commission, the, the, the next yeah. jump in the commission. They will do anything they can to get that sale from you. And then the sales manager says, um, you know, there's a commission bonus on selling yeah. Range Rover Sports. That person's coming for a Land Rover mm -hmm. Discovery or Discovery Sport. Yeah. That salesman is going to try and get them course the best thing they can to sell them yeah. and into their range of a sport if it's got the biggest commission for them yeah and obviously the customer can then decide look it's out of budget or it's in budget or if you can do this little bit more and you know what everyone wins from that yeah the, possibly the customer gets the the next one up from what they thought they could get because the salesman's so willing to do a good deal on it on the flip side the salesman has sold a higher profit chassis yeah for the manufacturer because he was going to get, you know, fifty pounds for selling this one, or two hundred and fifty yeah. for selling this one. So and then what, he wins because he's got the better commission for himself. So then you tell him it doesn't matter, sell anything, flat fee. You're an agent. Someone comes in. Oh, I'm looking for a base Discovery Sport. Yeah, fine, sign here. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely no interest. Just a load of rubbish, isn't it? Doesn't work at all. Not not at this level. Bearing in mind, some of these salesmen will be selling one hundred and fifty thousand pound top end full end full yeah. or 30 grand so we we're talking 120 grand swing like if if uh, we mentioned dacia earlier if dacia did it i'd kind of understand because they're basically saying yes they've got a, they've got a smaller yeah the, the, the swing between the bottom model and the top model is probably not even twenty thousand pounds no so and it doesn't really make too much difference no and and when you buy a base model you really are buying you know less spec so it costs the manufacturer less to make it so they can still make a good margin on mm -hmm. the low end stuff bottom end of Land Rover is still got to have all their tech and kit and you know infotainment all that sort yeah. of stuff top end has got to have all that then it's got to have the extras but adding the things in that's where the money's made unless 100%. Land Rover come up with a new way of making maybe they cars. have maybe. maybe they are maybe. infinitely cle more clever than we are yeah, and maybe they've convinced salesmen that that's how they want to work. Uh, just what I worry about is that I, when I went uh, looking for new vehicles with your mother, yep. and well, we both were there with mm -hmm. her, I was quite amazed. The way I was, when I entered car sales, I, I probably was like, I met the last of the old school. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you, basically, you arrived at work. From that point onwards... You were there to do backflips for the customer. Yeah. Yeah. And to get the exact thing that customer want and maximize your money. Your you money. Didn't get that, did you? <laughs> it was like, it was as if we were a public. Like we was, were, this is the price. There's no movement at all. Yeah. I can give you some mats. Yeah. You were an inconvenience to my time in my yeah. empty showroom. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't have one other customer in the whole time we were there. <laughs> and even, you know, fair play to the ones that uh, your mother eventually bought from. But. You know that they were not really selling. 
No, they won't. Not at all. Uh, which, you know, fine, that, that worked on that occasion. But it just... Sometimes I think people forget that it does feel quite nice when you're going to go in and spend quite a lot of money to have a bit of a fuss made over you. Of course it does. And, and just for someone to say, look, I'm on your side here. I've got to make my money. You want to get your deal. We can see we, what we can do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we will get something that, that figures in your favour. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're not going to sign, are you, unless it is just that bit in your favour. You know, even if it's just that one percent, it's gonna. That's how it's gonna be. You make people feel special. That's yeah, what do, it yeah. should be all about, really, isn't it? When you strip away that model, then you cut it up into four. So, you know, you'll have like, I think it's almost following the, the Apple thing. You know, you'll have yeah. project, uh, uh, the Tesla thing as well. You know, product. Uh, what they call product experts. Yeah. I mean, you walk into a Tesla showroom and you get very enthusiastic young people, but they don't necessarily have the product knowledge that you'd want. They, they? They've got a really good surface knowledge, I would say. Yeah. You know, they could say, oh, yeah, the doors are, you know, all oh, they really, all oh, that, and it's this long and it's this wide. can tell you all the jazzy bits that are going to get you into the Yeah, they can basically tell you what you could read. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I sold cars, the, the difference between what a car journalist was doing and what a car salesman was doing, it was there, but it wasn't a really wide wedge. No. You had to have incredible product knowledge because someone could walk in and say, ah, I need to tow this much this often and in these conditions. Mm -hmm. What have you got? Yeah, and, they should, and they'd be able to know. Yeah, if your answer was, um, I remember <laughs> 20 years ago or something, <laughs> going to a Mitsubishi dealer, I convinced my auntie who was driving a Land Rover Discovery at the time, she wanted to go back to the Land Rover dealer to change it. And I convinced her to go to a Mitsubishi dealer to check out the L200. So yeah. just check it out, auntie. And uh, I remember asking the salesman, I was a teenager at the time, I think, and I just said, what's the torque on this? Like, Because these were things that you would be aware of in the countryside where they live. Yeah, These figures meant something because it's like, well, you might have to tow. Mm -hmm. You've got to get up a load of country hills for diesel. What's a torque figure? And what's a tow capacity? Yeah. Let me go and check. Ah, oh, you just lost the sale. Yeah. Because when we said that to the Land Rover guy, it was boom, 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 boom. And it can also do boom, boom. Yeah. Well, it's all about having that in depth knowledge and having it, you know, when you've but you got, pay for that, didn't you? You do. Then I, th I don't know whether people don't appreciate it as much anymore. Maybe they get more expertise online. Maybe. But do they? They think that maybe they think they get more mm. expertise online, but because it's actually. There's a lot of YouTubers out there that will go and do a product test, but they, some of them are incredible. Yeah, but know. some of them are, oh, look, the radio does this, all the doors do this, and mm. this is what the lights can do. Like I said it when I did the Dodge Ram, uh, not Dodge Ram, bloody hell. The Ram 1500. The Ram 15. when I did the review on that, and I said, I'm not going to go into the depths of the infotainment, because... It's can, part of the joy of it, isn't it? Yeah, and you can go to the showroom and, and have a look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to know from me. You can see it plugs in stuff. And honestly, the only things I'll point out is if it's missing things. Because there's, yeah. if it doesn't have a map, if it doesn't have a good sound system, if it doesn't have Bluetooth connectivity for your phone, this car is a full furlough back in the race of trying yeah, to get customers definitely. in the tech world. You know, it just, they all have it. Yeah. So... What's the point in even mentioning it? Unless it's got some zappy thing, you press a button and the whole thing's going to 
start flying or floating. That would be interesting. Well, yeah, it would be. <laughs> so it's a big fail from us at the Mars Driven, we think, on this idea. I so. just... They're saying in the 2024... I'll, I'll wait and see if they, they really go for it. Um, uh, there's a comment from Australian um, dealers that have moved... So straight up on the article I was reading about this, there was a there was a comment from um, a dealer over in Australia working for Mercedes, and he said, "Not you know, you got to remember that customers won't all like this. Yeah, and you've got to be very careful because when you're dealing in the luxury brand, people, you know, um, they they can go somewhere else. Yes, definitely. If you're looking for you know cheap transport, uh, what is it, Skoda?" Dacia, you know, yeah, those op- sorts of companies. Yeah. So you're just going to go there, and if you don't get the greatest deal, you're just going to be like, okay, fine. Well, I'm just going to sign the deal, get the car, go, because I, I I haven't got loads to spend. But when you're paying house prices for something, that's then a you vehicle. want, you know, you want good service, and you ultimately, I'm not saying people won't care, but I'm just thinking for myself, it's kind of like a, it just leaves a bit of a husk. Yeah, definitely. You know, you've got the outer shell, but. Am I really that interested if you come back to me? No, they're probably not. You know, like I, I can't, I can't keep a relationship with you anyway, because the the the, the manufacturer is actively saying we'll keep a relationship. Yes, we're not interested in you knowing John. We're interested in you knowing us. <laughs> and I think that's a major problem when that person then calls up and says, "My Land Rover won't start." Yeah. Now, if you work for the dealer, you sold a car two weeks ago, and it won't start on someone's driveway. You are out like a shot yeah. in your demo to that person's drive, give them your car, recover theirs in the show, and what's the problem? Boom. Get it sorted. Yeah. And that person goes, you know what? That person gave up their, their own their own um, uh, demo yeah. for me. They came out, you know, immediately. Instantaneously. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was the same person I spoke to, the same face I saw, and it was the same person. They took on that themselves. Yeah. So I'll go back and see Now, them. I'm not saying all dealers do that, by the way. But if no, you but went and bought someday. a car from a dealer that did that, you go back. There. Yeah, of course you would. So I, the, the the problem for me is I think this almost is like the bad dealers will kind of just carry on and the good dealers will disappear. Well, just What's the incentive of being a good yeah. dealer now? I don't, maybe there is. Maybe there's something that's not known about this yet. I say it's a little bit out uh, time-wise. But I, no, I just, I, I don't see it working. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We will. But I do think it's odd to split. Oh, it's Discovery ridiculous. And yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really get that one. No, very strange. Do we have anything more, Sam? We don't. And that is the podcast. Well, that is the absolute end of my voice. Yeah, you've done very well. Congratulations. <laughs> you, can, you can take over for this the last bit, This is an Olympic-level sprint that Miles has been doing. He's been sprinting the equivalent of a marathon to get this done. And my voice seems to be going to the same time. So that's it from us this week. Um, so we shall come up with some new topics for next time and we shall see you on the next podcast see you everyone